This episode is brought to you by KPMG Risk Services. KPMG believes that when you've earned the trust of all your stakeholders, that's when your business has a solid platform to grow. That's the trusted imperative. KPMG Risk Services develop and put in place dynamic risk strategies designed to help your business earn that all-important trust. Go to read.kpmg.us slash trust to learn more. Hey, it's Randy Gage, and you're listening to the Power Prosperity Podcast. So why do so many people self-sabotage themselves? And why might you be self-sabotaging yourself? And that might be with money, sickness, failure, depression, a lot of different things. So let's explore that. Hey guys, it's Randy Gage, and this is another one of those original content I'm creating just for you guys on the podcast. And I want to thank you. You guys have, we were up last week 84% on downloads. Um, And that was just because you guys were telling your friends about it. So thanks so much. So please uh, keep spreading the word on the podcast. Um, Anyway, so I wanted to go deeper into this topic. I did a uh, post on the blog last uh, couple of days ago uh, called Self-Imposed Poverty. And of course, the first point I made was I could have titled it self-imposed sickness, self-imposed failure, self-imposed misery, because the root cause of all of those is self-sabotage. And it transcends all those different areas. And there's three big issues. So um, that's what I want to get into a little deeper dive for you guys who are in the podcast. So uh, if you're working out, uh, can't you move a little faster? Is that the best you can go? <laughs> get after it. Um, so let's look at these. The first is the, the, you know, the, the first big issue is the underlying programming that causes that. And it comes back to those most prevalent memes, the most prevalent mind viruses in the world, which are money is bad, rich people are evil, it's noble to be broke, it's spiritual to be poor, you have to sell your soul to be successful, Uh, the companies that make it big do so by exploiting uh, indigenous people or third world uh, workers or uh, slave condition factories or their rape and pillaging and plundering the environment. Um, those are the underlying, the, those, are, those are the most pervasive and insidious memes in the world. And when I wrote the, uh, I wrote another post about the, the HBO show Succession. And how I could tell right away from watching two episodes, I could see this is going to be a big hit. And the reason why is because it panders to all those mind viruses. Every single wealthy person in that show is presented as an evil, twisted, 
weaselly, conniving, backstabbing, bad parent, bad family member, dishonest, manipulative. I mean, there's no, usually the shows like Dallas or Dynasty or Billions or other places where you're going to see wealthy people uh, per, per, portrayed with a really negative slant. There's also some good people and some, you know, the battle of good versus evil. And But there's none of that in the two and a half episodes I watched of Succession. I mean, literally every single person who was wealthy was just presented as an evil person. And when I blogged about that, some some of the people in the comments were like, well, how does this happen? What, you know, why is Hollywood do this? What, how does this conspiracy happen? And I want you to understand, it's not a conspiracy. It's they don't even realize they're doing it. Uh, another commenter in the, in the blog was like, you know, I, I'm telling my family about this and they deny it and they don't say, they don't admit they're against rich people and they don't think money is evil. And, and that, that's the whole point of this is it's subconscious subliminal programming that you probably have and probably don't know you have. And there are at least six billion people around the world who have that kind of negative programming to got against health, happiness, success, in particular, uh, becoming wealthy. Um, it's So what happens is, if you wanna be a writer, you wanna write a novel, right? You're gonna have a favorite novel. Well, what's your favorite novel gonna be? Probably something where poor people are portrayed as noble the little guy or the little gal fighting the force of evil. So when you grow up and go out in the world and become a big bad novelist, what do you want to do? You want to write a book like your favorite book when you grew up. If you're a, a movie director like James Cameron, you want to direct an epic movie like you loved when you were a kid. If you're a, a showrunner for a television show, you want to create the kind of show you loved and you admired as a kid. And what you don't realize is you end up replicating the mind virus, which is you create the kind of book, TV show, movie, blog, uh, opera, play, whatever the, the medium is that panders to these limiting beliefs that you have that you don't even know you have. So that's a big, big part of my work, as you see in my books and my blogs. I'm always uh, challenging you to go back and, and really do some critical thinking on your program. The, the example I gave in the blog is the one that I talk about a lot when I'm doing keynotes from the stage. The original Spider-Man movie that started it all uh, became the basis for the multi-billion dollar franchise, which has been rebooted two or three different times already, which is when little poor Peter Parker, who of course is an orphan, because we all have our heartstrings tugged by orphans, right? Think of a poor boy or girl without their mommy and their daddy, right? This is, you know, Superman was an orphan, Batman was an orphan, Superman was an orphan, Wonder Woman was an orphan, Harry Potter was an orphan. I mean, are we starting to see a pattern here? 
So again, it's not a conspiracy. All the writers of those characters, they were trying to create, so the boxcar kids or whoever, whatever the latest one is, they're just, they're writing the kind of story that they loved as a child and they don't even know they're doing it. Right, so we got little orphan Peter Parker who's being raised by his aunt and his uncle and there's a scene in the movie which is the most uh, telling, inquisitive, penetrating, introspective, mind-bending, mind-expanding lesson you can ever get out of pop culture when the uncle says to Peter, we may not be rich, but at least we're honest. Well, what the F does that mean? I'll tell you what that means. That means rich people are evil. You should be glad that we're poor because because we're poor, that means we're good people. So why I say this is so mind expanding is if you will do the critical thinking and the homework to say, okay, let me go back and revisit the messages that I got from my parents, from my teachers, from my coaches, from my counselors, from the books I read, the TV shows I watched, the movies I went to, the, the pop culture that was important to me. And by the way, this can happen if you were raised in a wealthy family. Your father could be multi-millionaires or even multi-billionaires and still feel guilty about it and have negative programming about money, which they could have passed on to you. So first big critical issue is recognizing the underlying program. So recognize the, the programming you have that is anti-money, anti-wealth, anti-success. And then you've got to blow that up and replace it with programming that's more empowering. And we'll, we explored that on other podcasts and, and I'm going to explore it on a hundred million more because that's the lesson people need to hear over and over and over and over because we have to counter program against all of the insidious negative programming that you're getting 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So second big critical issue is to recognize the payoff that you get from uh, buying into this insidious negative program. The sympathy you get, the attention you get. In my case, being growing up such a, a dysfunctional, antisocial, uh, emotionally unreachable person uh, until I went through years of therapy, in my case, I wasn't able to accept love. I couldn't love anyone else because I didn't love myself. I couldn't allow anyone else to love me because I didn't love myself. So the only, the, the substitute I created for receiving love was receiving sympathy, was getting attention, was becoming a professional victim so that I could always be regaling everyone with my drama and my trauma of all the horrific things that, are, that have happened to poor, innocent me. And they gave, those things gave me attention, which I desperately craved because I really craved love, but I didn't know how to accept it. So I settled for the, 
the next version, which was sympathy and attention. The other big thing about the payoff you get is it allows you to absolve yourself of any guilt. And so many of us carry so much guilt, right? And then we watch everybody's Facebook posts and all their Instagram feeds, and they're all dining at these cool, trendy, yuppie, foodie restaurants, and they're all frolicking on beaches and uh, beautiful Photoshop bathing suit pictures with supermodels and, and living their dream life. And we feel guilty that we're just this lazy slug who's going to work every day and supporting our family and, and you know, playing by the rules and working hard. Um, and, and so we carry this guilt and we carry, you know, for all kind of other reasons, which we get from the government, we get from organized religion, we get from the data sphere. So, and we don't want to feel guilty. So when we portray ourselves, or I guess the better word is perceive, when we perceive ourselves as victims, then we don't have to take responsibility. So your failed business, the project you didn't do, the money you didn't make, the success you didn't achieve, there's no need to feel guilty for that because it wasn't your fault because you were a victim. And, and that's just, it goes back to, you know, how many times have you heard me say, you can be a victim or you can be a victor, but you can't be both. You have to choose one or the other. And Billy's about six billion people on the planet today choose victim because when you choose victim, then nothing is your fault. Everything is somebody else's, some outside influence's fault. Um, so that's the second big issue, and, and, and is the the payoff that you get. And then the third critical issue that, uh, and I think this is the most important one for you, which is understand <coughs> that if you buy in <coughs> to the bad rewards, you don't change. You create this self-fulfilling prophecy of continuous victimhood. And you will always get attention, and you will always get sympathy, and you always can feel noble, and you always can feel spiritual, and you can tell yourself, well, we, I may not be rich, but at least I'm honest. And you are sentencing yourself to a lifetime of mediocrity. It's complete and utter self-sabotage. And you, until you, and some of you, I know there are thousands of you listening to this, my voice right now, and you just got it. That, and that's why I do this podcast. That's why I do the blog. That's why I write these books. I know that, for, for a good percentage of you, it's that awareness is the breakthrough. That once you recognize it, you can change it. But you don't recognize because that's the nature. Insanity always reinvents itself. And all mental illness is insanity. All dysfunctional relationship stuff, self-esteem issues. It's all just craziness. It's insanity. And it, it protects itself and it reinvents itself. And until you recognize it and call it out and kill it, you can't change it. 
And that's what I think the big breakthrough is for you, is you recognize, wow, yeah, 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 I get it now. I've been buying into the bad rewards. So by that, meaning you say, well, you know, I, I want to start a business, but I just don't have the money and the investors. I, you know, I don't have the right degree. I didn't go to the right school. I was born on the wrong side of the railroad track. My spouse doesn't support me or my family doesn't support me or the rich get richer or you got to have money to make money or you got to know somebody. You got to get in at the top. You bought into the victim stuff. You bought into the excuses. You bought into the bad payoff which is being able to say, well, I gave it my best effort, but the odds were stacked against me. And that's the self-sabotage. So if you, once you get it, and like I say, I know there's, there's people listening right now and you got it. This is the moment for you because you recognize, hey, I am creating my own illness. I'm creating my own failures. I'm creating my own depression or misery or unhappiness. I'm creating my own dysfunctional relationships. I'm creating my own self-imposed poverty because I chose being a victim instead of being a victor. I didn't recognize the programming I had. These mind viruses, I allowed them to control me and they put me on a cycle of victimhood and I'm changing it right now. And that's the big breakthrough for you. All right, do me a favor again, please share the podcast, take a screenshot of your phone and put it on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, or just call your friend, text them, WhatsApp them, <clears throat> and then find me on social media. And let me know, I love to hear from you guys. The podcast is a one-way street. It's just me into your ears. But I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on uh, Facebook. So find me. Give me a shout-out. Let me know what you think. Um, and, and let me know you're listening to the podcast and what you got out of it. All right. Go out and have an amazing day, guys. Peace.